the Oakdale Christian Centre podcast. This is the second part in a study on our church vision. The main reading is Ezekiel chapter 37. So um, last week we began to look at um, why we are here, who we are, what our identity is. And of course, uh, really, uh, the main thrust last week is we are the house of prayer. God, Jesus, uh, one thing, a number of things angered Jesus. Um, and one was the house of prayer. God wanting this to be a place of intimacy with him, that nothing could... And of course, as soon as that house of prayer was deteriorating or lost... What do we see? There was a dilution, a departing, and a, a distortion totally from what God had longed for. Even for anybody, Jew and Gentile, a house of prayer, a place where there was intimacy with it. So that's really where we are and our vision. If you've never read our vision, we're going to read it, part of it anyway, and we'll run through that. We believe it's the desire of the Lord to have a Bible-believing, spirit-filled, in Pentecostal, obviously, outward-looking, evangelical, that means, vibrant church in Oakland, thereby influence and affect our village and beyond spiritually, morally, socially for his praise and glory. A first century church in and for the 21st century. Sometimes we forget what we're supposed to be, where we are, and as cast and preach on, on Sunday morning, that God has given us the ingredients for the church. You know, we can, we can add this and do this and do the other, but the ingredients are there and we'll come and we'll read those later on. A place where all ages can know the Lord, find their place of service in his body and go show him to their world. We as a church have always been always and totally committed to prayer and intercession, understanding that God, Jesus wants a house of prayer for all nations. And of course, then we've got our acrostic. We won't get into that today. Prayer. But um, the first thing we've got to realize is vision is the ability to see, the ability to actually see with insight and foresight and uh, forgetting that if we don't see, we go round in circles. Uh, let's read that first verse. Proverbs 29, verse 18. Where there is no revelation, people cast off restraint. But blessed is the one who heeds wisdom's instruction. I see uh, Nick was laughing, then go around in circles. Well, of course, remember, <laughs> remember, actually, <coughs> vision is not necessarily physical vision. And I always remember, um, I was at, we were in college once, and a, a, a lady had brought her children in, and she was, she was like, and Nick, she was blind. And I remember the kids were playing with stuff, and she said, they said, oh, mum, mum, what? She said, let me, let me see. And I thought, that's interesting. But of course, sight isn't just with our physical eyes, is it? And when it comes to vision, it isn't enough. In fact, our physical eyes can be the worst thing in the world because we are seeing things and not actually taking place. Um, I remember they said of um, uh, Walt Disney died a long time before uh, his um, parks and all that were, were created. And uh, they said, oh, isn't it a shame that uh, Walt Disney didn't see any of this? And uh, I think his wife said, uh, but he did. But he did. And um, so, so it, yeah, the ability to see, and, and that particular verse there, where there is no revelation, there's no vision. You know what the Bible says? They cast off restraint. The very same word is found in Exodus uh, 32. And you know what happened there? The Bible says Moses was away. And they said, oh, where is this Moses gone? Let's make gods of our own. And the Bible says they cast off restraints. And goodness knows what was happening. There it was just free for all until Moses came. And that's the idea. When we lose our revelation of the, who the Lord is, the vision of why we are here, what happens 
is that we lose direction, we lose purpose, and eventually we make our own purpose up. We give up following the Lord. We give up actually serving him. And um, so our vision is very, very clear uh, and, and needful to who we are as a church and as a person. We'll come to that in a minute. Um, let's look at, again, not sight, but vision. Uh, Hebrews 11, 24, 27. I faith, Moses, when he's grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt, because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith he left Egypt not fearing the king's anger. He preserved because he saw him who is invisible. See, that's, that's vision. He saw the Lord. So, you know, it, it didn't like us sometimes. Oh, I've like, given up this for the Lord. I've given up ah, Push off. Isn't it? We, how much do we give up? We, what we give up for the Lord is minuscule for what he does to us. But let me just say, Moses, in our eyes, gave up the whole world, didn't he? Let's, let's, he was the next prince, prince of Egypt. He gave up. The Bible says he refused this world. He didn't forget his heritage. He chose to suffer. I don't know about that. I, I, I'm okay for giving up a few things, but I'm not choosing to suffer. Yeah. He esteemed the reproach more than the riches of Egypt. Fancy that. Amazing. He forsook Egypt. He left the world behind. And there was no fear in his heart. Why? Because he saw him who was invisible. His, his vision very clear. And you know, as, as people of God and as a church, we have to have a, great, a clear vision that we are the Lord's. It doesn't matter who says anything, who comes against us. As we just read, as we just sang, the Lord will raise up. And it doesn't matter if the old hosts of hell come against us. The Lord is on our side. But our, our vision must be clear. And we must always, always bring our heart and bring our, our vision back to, to the Lord. Uh, Next chapter, after that chapter 11, chapter 12, 1 to 3. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition for, from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. See, that's, again, our, our vision always comes back to the Lord, and how we see people, we see them through the Lord, how we see the church, we see through the Lord what he says, how we see um, each other, we see through the Lord, it always, because we're looking at him, we, our eyes are on him, it's so important to keep our thinking, our, our, so you see, what we look at, what our vision is, will determine our decisions, our lifestyle, our future, our priorities, and uh, you can easily test that, where are your priorities tonight, Time, money, all those things. Where are they going? And it'll tell you what your actually your vision is and your your purpose and your your sight is on. Let me just drop the um, that was our vision for the church. Uh, obviously, we are AOG Church Assembly of God. This is the, the denominational vision, which again I like 
purpose of AUG is to give every man, woman, and child the opportunity of understanding the gospel and to provide a church where they can grow and develop in the ministry for the glory of God. That is why we're here, to know him and to show him. Always the same. That's what we are here for. So, but the trouble is we so often, so often lose sight. Lose sight. Even when we're in the house of the Lord, we can lose sight. Let's read this. Um, we know this uh, story very, very clearly, but maybe we have not seen, um, we've looked at the prodigal son, but not, maybe not at the older brother so much. Uh, Luke 15, 31, 32. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we have to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. See, now the, the, the elder brother was lost in the house. Listen to what he said. You're always with me. The presence of the Lord. Always in my presence. And he said, everything I have is yours. The provision of God is there for us in the house. And, we, and what happens, we not just forget the presence of the Lord, the provision of the Lord. We lose perspective in our purpose. Perspective was what? The purpose was what? Your, your brother was lost. But he's found, he was, he was dead, but now he's alive. See, when we, we can be in the house, but lose our understanding and our vision. That what, what are we? We're here to meet with the Lord, to receive from the Lord. And our great purpose is not just to know him, but to get those who are dead alive. That's our purpose, our heart. And when we just look at um, the primary purpose of the church, we read it on Sunday, we'll read it again, because it is very clear, isn't it? Um, Acts 2, 42-47. The fellowship of the believers, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship of the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions, to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in their temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate to, together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their numbers daily those who were being saved. Yes. <coughs> they're, they're absolutely... They, very clearly, very clear. They were committed, they were devoted to those five things. You can break those down. We've done those many times before. Uh, the worship of the Lord, fellowship, discipleship, ministry service, and evangelism. That is the, the essence of what church is all about. That's the end. You see, we, we, we have a lot of talk about this kind of church and emerging church and all that, but God has given us the ingredients for what church, real church, should be. And it's right there. And they devoted themselves. And as our dad many times says, they daily met. So often we, we, we give the Lord a, 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 maybe a meeting, but you know that, they daily met. And of course, you know, they were busier than us. They worked longer hours. I don't know if they, but they probably had a Sabbath off. Uh, in those days, or depending on how Rome uh, treated them. But you know, that, that's, that was their commitment. Intimacy with the Lord, time by eternity, and everyone finding their place and function in their gifting, in their gifting. Well, let's just look. Again, we must get our baseline right, get our foundation right. See, the Lord uses a lot of words 
and uh, we call them metaphors or symbols for what the church is and what the to describe the church and uh, just as we go through these just think about um you see uh, john wesley says there's no such thing as solitary christianity someone said they they love jesus but they don't love the church which really brings up a lot of questions in my mind first um number one probably an excuse not to come to church two they've never really understood what being a christian is or three, uh, whether they read out an encounter with the Lord, because ultimately you will find, as we just read this, you cannot function as a as a born again Christian person without being in fellowship. It is impossible. It is impossible. It's not such thing. Because as we look at these metaphors now, you'll see they're all collective nouns, whatever you want to use. First one, uh, the church, uh, one Peter two nine to twelve. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You once were not a people, but are now the people of God, who have not obtained this, but now have obtained this. Beloved, I beg you as a sojourn, 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 and pilgrims, abstain from fleshy lusts, which war against the soul, having your conduct honourable among the Gentiles, that when you, they speak against you as evildoers, they may, but your good works which they observe, glorify God on the day of visitation. So the first thing we understand is we are a nation. That is our identity. You see, now our, our, our passport will say we are British, uh, and that's our, that's our natural identity. But you know, we are not of this world. We are not of this world. The Bible says we are pilgrims. We are passing through very quickly. We are not of this world. We are not to put our feet down. We are not to actually um, put all our assets into this world. Why? Because, you know, those people behind us will want a bit of it, wouldn't they? <laughs> They're asking me where my will is and uh, who's in my will. Well, I don't know. has all the time. Um, um, but we're a na- our citizenship is in heaven. We're a nation. We're a nation. We're not uh, an order. We, do, we are sojourning through. Our citizenship is in heaven. We are a nation. That's our identity. Our identity is children of the living God. My, my passport, heavenly passport, is stamped. I'm on the way to heaven. That's, I'm a, we're a nation. We're not just a nation. We're a family. We share the DNA of the Lord. We're a family. See, when we begin to look at these, we, it's, it's, it's all about collective and, and as soon as you separate yourself from that, what happens? You drift, you get cold, and you, 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 you actually pursue your own thinking and your own ways. Um, so we're a family. You said, what do you say? You can choose your friends, you can't choose your family. Can't choose your family in the kingdom either. But there's belonging, there's belonging. Uh, Romans 8, 14 to 17. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. No. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Yeah. Now, if we, are, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs of Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we also may also share in his glory. 
Utterly amazing, amazing. We are the family of the living. We are children of the living God. And so often we, I've said this story before, I, I was really concerned about a particular person. I was really, I wasn't particularly happy with them really. And I was praying and this and that. And uh, the Lord just dropped into my heart. They are my child as well. I thought, okay, sorry, Lord. <laughs> as, if, as if I was any better. Um, I know they may have been in the wrong. And of course, if they disagreed with me, they have, they have every right to be wrong, of course. Um, but that's irrelevant. It doesn't affect our family. My fatherhood, does it? It doesn't affect. We are the DNA. We are shared. We are a family. We have the same bloodline. We are, and that's why we call our father. You call father. I call father. And he hears us. We are a family. As soon as you separate yourself from that, you lose something. You lose something. We're not just a family. We are the body. Now, you see this. It's building up now. We're not losing sight of the church. What we are, we're the body of Christ. We, if you separate apart from your body, what happens to it? It's, it's going to die. We don't understand that. So if, 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 you, if you cut your finger off, if you don't get to the hospital pretty quick um, for them to sew it back on, You'll, have a, you'll, be, you'll lose our finger, whatever part of the body it is. Um, as soon as it's cut off, we're the body of Christ. Uh, let's read those verses from 1 Corinthians 12, 12, 13, and verse 27. Just as the body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts from one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slaves or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. We are the body, we're all a part. And, and Ephesians says, we only grow as each one does its part. See, and so, so often we say, well, I'm, and you know, we use that uh, self-pity, oh, I'm nobody, I'm nothing, they won't miss me if I'm not there. Well, that's not true. That's not true because when you are not here or when someone isn't here, they're not functioning, therefore they're not releasing someone. It's amazing how we release and speak and bless each other just by a prayer, just by a word, just by a, even a smile. Oh, try and smile in there sometimes. And just to lift someone's spirits. But you know what? It, there's nothing greater than when someone gives a word of the Lord or, or reads, a, reads a scripture or prays. What does it do to you? Encourage you to do the same, doesn't it? Well, they, they can do that. Why can't I? And so that we, we, we're a family. We're here to build each other. We're the body. And as each part does its work, we build each other. And if you don't do your, if you don't fulfill your potential, what happens? The local church will not fulfill its potential. No. Now that's that's a bit different, now, isn't it? Now I am a bit important. Oh, dear, but don't do this, don't do that. Well, if you look at those, we looked at the gifts and we looked at the ministry gifts and we looked at the the um, uh, the natural gifts that God gives us. Those seven gifts, four of those are behind the scenes, aren't they? They're not in front, not in front, because um, if it was all front, we'd be in trouble. So it is finding your gift and actually fulfilling it now we're not just that we're the building as well now not being a a bricklayer by profession pretty good at diy <laughs> hey, what do you look like after john okay careful now careful now um what i do know about a a wall is one brick is connected 
to at least six other bricks. Is that true, Brandon? Go and have a look at the wall outside after. See, see, a, a, one brick is not a wall, is it? No, a building has to be bricks put together and they're all interconnected and one brick has to at least touch six other bricks. So that, again, there's no such thing as a lone ranger or someone on their own because we've got to be together, we've got to be strong together, we've got to be connected. And uh, so let's read that verse, uh, 1 Peter 2, 4 to 5. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by men, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. See, our identity is we are his. Our belonging, we are family, we represent, what are we re- representing? We're his body. We represent the Lord. Now then, that again takes our responsibility up a level because now people are looking at us as representatives of the Lord. They, they're looking, they're looking, they want it. Building, building talks about safety, strength, protection. See, as soon as you separate yourself from the church of the living God, what happens? You're, you're open the attack of the enemy because there's no covering there's no protection there's no one there's no one you can talk to there's no one you can run to there's no one who's putting your finger on your hand on your back and say how are you doing how's it going how's your walk with the lord see it's safety there's protection the building of the living god now the next one another metaphor the lord uses another symbol is we are the temple of the lord ephesians 2 Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too, are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. We'll just come on to the verses to finish off, but that is so important to realise who we are. The Lord is with us. The Lord, the Bible says, is in us. Remember we talked a little bit last week about uh, those two words for the temple, the general temple and the, the holy of holies, the naos. And the Lord said, you are, you personally and corporately are where the Lord dwells. So when we come together, we must see the Lord touching hearts, moving in power. Why? Because the Lord is you. And if we go out the same way, then something's wrong because the Lord is you. And so the Lord, when we come together, the Lord is going to do something. He's going to speak into our hearts. He's going to encourage us. He's going to challenge us. Certainly going to change us. If you read it again in Ezekiel about the, the temple, and they said, they said, if you go in through one door, you don't come back out the same door. You go out through the opposite door. He was, what he was saying is you don't, you don't come in and you go back out the same. No, no, no. You're coming in and you're going out differently. You're being changed. Why? Because the Lord is here. We're the temple of the living God. So we, now we're, we're expecting the Lord to use me. They're expecting the Lord to do something with us. Why? Because the Lord is here. We are separate. We are his. And of course, our ultimate purpose um, is uh, we are the bride. We're the bride of Christ. Uh, We are his. He's purchased us. He's bought us. He's trying to keep us. He's going to make us pure and holy um, to be a a bride that he can present 
on that wonderful day. We are his. Uh, Ephesians 5. Husband, love your wife. Just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself to that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she might be she should be holy and without blemish. So that's what the Lord is doing in us. He's taking all of his word and taking out the stain and the all the roughness out of us. Why? Because he wants to present us. Clean and pure. We are the bride of Christ. Also he uses the word. We are his flock. We are his army. All these pictures of collectiveness. Our purpose is clear. We are here to know him. And then to actually go and show him. To a lost and dying world. That is. And we can then tailor everything we do. And focus everything we do to our vision. That's why we need to know why we're here. So we don't waste our time doing things that are relevant. Personally and corporately, isn't it? We're here to actually focus on why we're here. I'm just so so concerned and in, in personally about short time we have in life. Oh Lord, not to be wasteful. Not to be wasting on some things that are totally irrelevant. Now, see, when we understand that, we, we expect in God to be here. And I love God because sometimes our expectation isn't very high, is it? Let's be honest, if we are totally honest, um, we, we, we sometimes in our mind and that our flesh comes and the devil comes, oh, church again. It'd be the same as it was last week. Well, not if you come with something, of course. <laughs> not if you come with the word of the Lord on your lip, in your heart and your lips. But listen to, I, I love this story of Jacob, uh, Genesis 28. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. He didn't know it. He wasn't really looking for it. But, good Lord, this is the gate. See, this is the house of the Lord. This is the gateway of heaven. The local church is the vehicle to preach the Lord Jesus and to establish a gateway to the Lord. That's what the local church is. It is a house of God. It is the gateway. should be the gateway to heaven and, and for people to have access and to hear the word of the Lord. Again, these verses we read before, but I love them because, again, it shows why we are here. Uh, 1 Corinthians 14. But if an unbeliever or someone who does not understand comes in while everybody's prophesying, he will be convinced by all that he is a sinner and will be judged by all. And the secrets of his heart will be laid bare, so he will fall down and worship God, exclaiming, God is really among you. What then shall we say, brothers? When you come together, everyone has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue or an interpretation. All of these must be done for the strengthening of the church. See, we are, we are again after a revelation of what we are here. This is a place of destiny. Those lovely words. This is a place of divine activity. This is a place of 
where we, we depend on the Lord, depend on each yeah. other for strength and for encouragement and for sharpening as brother. Yeah. One brother sharpens another. Yeah. Uh, when we understand that, we change our perspective, we change our purpose, we get our, the protocol really for understanding is getting our heart right, isn't it? To hear the word of the Lord, the soul parable, getting our heart right, coming, Lord, Lord, what are you going to do today? Lord, we are meeting today. We're going to receive from you so we can take something to those lost around us. We're going to do something. And when we get our condition of our heart right, we get connection to the house right. Isn't it sad where, where some go from here to there to the other and uh, they're not connected to the house of the Lord. And that's, that's such a key uh, because when we're connected we become fruitful, we become effective. And, uh, you know, if you were to say, well, Dave, um, someone said to me, Dave, this, this, look, I, I could sit here and give a list of things that I, I, I want to see in the church that are not there in the church now. But do we say, well, well, let's pack it in and go somewhere else? No, no, no. If it's, if it's our house, if it's our home, what do we do? We say, right, let, let's see what we can do here. Let's see if we can, you know, if, if, if we need decoration, isn't it, in your house, what do you do? You ladies buy all them little pots in there and find the colour you want. And the time you bought all them pots, you could have bought about five big tins of them, yeah? Um, but what do you do? You, you say, no, this is my home. Let's, let's work together, get the kids working, isn't it? Get them decorating, get them digging the garden, cutting the grass. Yeah. Understand what I mean? We're here. But what do we do? Condition of the heart, connection to the house. Uh, Psalm 92, 12 to 15. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall, they shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing, to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock, mm. and there is no unrighteousness in him. There's it is. When we are planted in the house of God, the great thing about it, when we look at, at the church, when we see older people still <coughs> flourishing, still bearing fruit. Why? Because they've connected, they planted themselves in a house. And so our young people can say, look at them. They've been walking with the Lord all these years and still walking with the Lord. It is possible to run hard and to flourish and to still bear fruit in old age. Why? Because when we understand what the church of the living God is, we know this is not a social club. This is the, the body, the bride, the building and all those other metaphors of the living God. We are here to know him, to encourage each other or to know the Lord more. And then to go out and show him to each other, but certainly to our, our families and friends, our workmates, a lost world. Plant yourself. Get your heart right when you come to the Lord, uh, to, the, to the fellowship. Connect yourself, isn't it? Plant yourself, Lord. I don't care what, what happens, I'm going to be here. Why? Because this is where you've put me. This is where you want me to be. And I'm going to see you being exalted. Lord, I, I didn't. Sometimes, Lord. Didn't realize you were here. This is the gateway of heaven. Lord, let it be so. Let it be so. The gateway of heaven. Amen. So that's where we are as a church. That's what God wants. That's what God wants us to be. And that's good. Sometimes we can we can have ideas of what we think we should be. That's why we need to get back to what does God want us to be. 
and what does God want us to do? Amen. Bless the Lord. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast. To find out more about our church, visit www.oakdalechristiancentre.org.